game. De Julius puts up a three. Bearcat Blitz, Happy New Year, everyone. The first show of 2024. I'm your host, Russ Heltman, joined, as always, by my co-host, Neil Meyer. Check us out wherever you get your podcasts, Apple, Spotify, whatever podcast platform. Of course, subscribe, rate, and review there. Help us grow the show and do so as well on YouTube. Talking Cats with Russ Heltman. And we're, as always, airing on the weekends on Bally Sports Ohio. Coming off a weekend where the Bearcats get the job done over Evansville, 76 to 58. They dominate the second half just like they did uh, against Stetson and have done so a lot so far in 2023-24 season, but not enough to kind of put together a full 40 minutes, which was the theme from West Miller after the 76-58 win where they outscored Evansville 44 to 18 in the second half when the Purple Aces were without their top two scores and two all-conference players throughout the game. We'll get into that in just a moment. Plus a look at Big 12 basketball action, a conference projected right now to put roughly nine, maybe 10 teams into the conference tournament, maybe shaking out whatever happens in the, uh, not the conference tournament, in the NCAA tournament, shaking out whatever happens in the conference tournament. You can maybe see a surprise or two happen in America's best conference. It's the deepest conference. It's the best top to bottom. We're going to get into that in the second portion of the show and then close it out with our New Year's resolution for the Bearcats basketball program and our favorite memory from 2023, just overall covering the teams as, of course, Neil Meyer doing so with front office news and newly in the past couple of weeks with us at All Bearcats and me on the All Bearcats side of things at allbearcats.com. And of course, we want you to check out Bet Online as another website to uh, to peruse in 2024. The only people that don't get time off this time of year are pro athletes and us at Bet Online with NFL bowl season and NBA in full swing over the holidays. Bet Online isn't taking a second off to make sure you have all the up to the second odds, news, and info. Bet Online has all the sports wagering info available you need with both desktop and mobile access. Head there today to get into the action. Remember to use promo code BELIEVE to receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Neil, big win for UC to close out 2023. Welcome in, my man. How we doing on the first day of 2024? Our first show, fittingly, on the first day, New Year's Day here in the Queen City. Yeah, man. It's been a great day so far, obviously. Had some good time, spent some family time this weekend, talked some Bearcats today, so... Overall, some good times, but we got plenty of big things to talk about heading into 2024. A lot of big stuff going to be coming for the Bearcats, hopefully. So, got a lot to break down for you guys. No doubt. 76-58 win, Neil. We had a complete showing from Day-Day Thomas on both ends of the floor. His shot didn't really fall, but to me, I thought he was kind of the most impactful player in the game, and it was good to see him kind of really impact the game at all levels with 10 points, 6 rebounds, 7 assists. He was passing the ball well. He had uh, his first multi-steal, multi-block game as a Bearcat in this one. And that kind of, to me, Neil, felt like a game where Cincinnati brought the paint on the boards. They out outwilled Evansville throughout the game. It's a team that was missing Ben Humricus. And uh, and who was that? Bailey? Uh, Chuck Bailey. Bailey. Chuck Bailey. Yeah, Chuck Bailey, the, the freshman 
uh, 10 plus point per game score as well. So they were da- out, outmanned a little bit in terms of just overall talent, even though UC was also missing CJ Frederick and Aziz Bandago again in this one. And you could kind of tell in the first half, they really missed them down. They missed the Aziz Bandago down low. The paint points were a mess. Uh, who was it? Uh, Tanner Cuff was getting down low and just getting whatever kind of old man YMCA matchup he wanted throughout the contest. But Neil, they buckled down in the second half. And it felt maybe like another growth moment, growth area for this team, and especially Wes Miller, where he said, I didn't go in there yelling. I didn't go in there screaming. I just let them kind of figure it out in the second half. And one thing leads to another. They outgun them 44 to 18, and you go into the new year feeling, I would say, okay to not great considering how you may feel in other scenarios where you lose the only two tough games of the non-conference slate and end up winning every single other game. They're below 500 against the spread on the betting record so far this year, Neil. They have not dominated teams quite to the level I think fans would like, especially with those two losses on the record against Dayton and Xavier in the big games that were your only real tests. Yeah, absolutely. And you talk about those two games, obviously Xavier and Dayton, but not looking forward to Big 12 play, if Aziz and CJ are still going to be out for a little bit, obviously they didn't play versus Evansville, and Wes Miller gave us an update on that. And you could kind of see how much those two guys mean to this Bearcats team. And as you talked about versus Evansville, uh, Evansville they were getting downhill and attacking so so quickly and so easily. They really missed Aziz Bandego's rim presence. But without you kind of sense like they were off rhythm a little bit without CJ again there in the starting lineup, but it was great to see John Newman step in and take on that offensive role for him. Obviously we know what he does on the defensive aspect of things, but John was great for sure. He was, yeah. he was attacking the rim well and, and doing it really efficiently on offense. Yeah. Six of eight shooting 16 points is season high. That was kind of the night you needed for somebody to, whether it was Dan Skillings, John Newman, Simas Lukosius also had what I thought was his best game of the season. So you, you knew you needed something from one of those two guys. Obviously, Dan was coming off a 29-10 and 10 night versus Stetson, so it was all about how he would respond in that situation. And he only finished with 10 points. But overall, they're still trying to piece things together, it seems. And heading into a conference slate where you're kicking off the season versus three top 25 teams in – BYU this weekend, Texas and Baylor before you get kind of the easy break versus TCU. And that's not even an easy break because TCU is starting to play some good ball as well. So hopefully they can get this week of preparation underway, take it day by day, get ready for Big 12 conference play that kicks off this Saturday. Thousand percent, Neil. And you, and you kind of look at the progression of the team. I think we're starting to see guys – ultimately file into the pathway they're going to take in the rotation into conference play. And especially you kind of look at the diverging paths and the, the opening path for a guy like Josh Reed and the diverging path of, of Odio Guama, who I love Odie. He's an awesome guy to cover. Awesome guy to just have as part of the team, but another poor performance in this game, five minutes. That's all he played. His, his numbers are going downhill over the past three or four games, 0 for 2 from the field, no points, three rebounds. He was not great in this contest and a overall minus six, one of just two minus players in plus minus on the UC rotation, guys that touched the floor in the 18-point win over Evansville. 
the number one plus minus guy. And, and it felt like it watching throughout the game, even though he did only take three shots, was Josh Reed, the sophomore forward, the sophomore wing. A really, really great sign, a really positive sign of life for his development and his ability to maybe grow some more in this rotation, especially with C.J. Frederick. Just, I mean, the update from Wes Miller didn't sound great. It didn't. It wasn't super detailed, but basically saying that they're shutting him down right now. He's not doing any uh, basketball activity, and that's kind of. I mean, Wes Miller was was. I think I, I was impressed with how forthcoming he was and how adamant he was about. We're going to be upfront about injuries this year. We're not going to try to hide anything, nothing like that. We're going to keep you guys up up to date, which I, I appreciate that as a guy who's trying to keep the fans up to date as well. So no activity for C.J. Frederick. A guy like Josh Reed, Neil, if he can be a connecting piece, you need as many wings in this sport. We know this, just top to bottom, any level of the sport. If he can be another wing piece that can hit two or just one three per game while playing the level of defense he did in a kind of Herb Jones-like fashion of, his time in Alabama and uh, and his time in the NBA now, that's kind of what he reminded me of uh, watching him in that game against Evansville. Obviously, one performance, and you got to start stringing them together at a much higher difficulty level in the Big 12 coming up and starting in the late night affair against BYU. But that was a great sign to see, Neil. And I think it's another sign that could push this staff towards ultimately kind of finding those eight, maybe every now and then nine guys in the rotation. But especially probably have nine, eight to nine guys with CJ Frederick out uh, right now, but especially with the injuries that they're dealing with, it's huge to have Josh Reed do what he did in that game. Yeah, absolutely. And as you mentioned, Josh Reed, that was probably his best performance of the year. And Wes Miller even emphasized that. I mean, you look down what he did in the first half. He came down, Day-Day Thomas penetrated the zone, kicked it to Reed in the corner, and then he buries the three. And then he comes down the very next play and gets a monster block, and then comes back down, and that sparks some momentum for the Bearcats. And personally, Wes Miller even said it after the game. He thought Josh Newman, or Josh Reed, sorry about that, was the best player defensively on the court uh, sat, uh, in the Evansville game. So yeah. overall, if you can get that, and they even said they thought about starting Josh Reed there to start the second half to provide that length and go small, but then they went with Dan Skillings just ahead of him. And Josh Reed came in and played some big minutes. I believe he played 17 minutes, but it felt like it was a dominant all-around performance from Josh Reed. And that's somebody who kind of saw his rotation, like saw his role drop out of that rotation, especially in the Dayton game, the Xavier game, that stretch there. Josh Reed barely played versus Dayton and Xavier. And then he comes in and seizes his opportunity in his moment. And right there, with his performance versus Evansville, if he can continue to string that along, as you mentioned, Russ, he has an exciting future for the Bearcats team this season. Obviously, we talk about C.J. Frederick and the update Wes Miller gave, completely shut down. So don't really know the timetable on a guy like C.J. Frederick yet. But if you can start to develop and get those uh, possessions on both ends of the court from Josh Reed and get him to play like how he played versus Evansville, the Bearcats are in great hands, in my opinion, because then you have John Newman on the defensive end. You have Josh Reed, who can also provide that defense with his length, six foot seven, long span, can really defend. So overall, if they can string that together, I think they'll be in great hands heading into the Big 12. But it is concerning with C.J. Frederick still out of the lineup and what is left to really be determined with him and how long he'll be out with that hamstring injury. 
Right. And, and, and Wes Miller made the point on his radio show last week and, and kind of answered our question that we brought up on the show. Why wouldn't you slim the rotation down ahead of non ahead of conference play? Well, this is the reason because you got two key starters out right now, two key guys that are going to be playing when they're back, when they've been in the lineup, they're playing 20 to 25, 25 plus minutes per game. That's really hard to replace cold Turkey coming off the bench. It's really hard to replace in guys that haven't played all year. And Josh Reed played an 11 games so far this year and 27 minutes in the past two. That's the mo- That's just a couple ha- shy of his total minute allotment across the five previous games before these two games against Stetson and Evansville. So obviously, really good competition. He has not performed well or not even really performed at all in terms of any minute allotment in the games against Dayton and Xavier when you think about him playing zero and uh, against Dayton this year. I don't think he played at all. He did not touch the floor. So Josh Reed... Just any kind of depth, any added depth and any kind of growth there is going to be huge. So that was really good to see from Josh Reed. As we take a quick break here on Bearcat Blitz, wrapping up an 11-2 and stretch in non-conference play for the Bearcats as their first taste and first few tests in their Big 12 history about to start with a freaking gauntlet. Neil, an absolute gauntlet. When we look at the schedule to open Big 12 play, BYU, Texas, Baylor, TCU, Oklahoma, Kansas. Six teams all in the top 48 of the net ranking and all representing Q1 or Q2 opportunities. Games where Wes Miller is 6-20 and 20 in his career. We'll get into that in just a moment on Bearcat Blitz. Big 12 play about to get going with Cincinnati right there with a pack of 11 and 2 teams in the conference. They are about to take on BYU this coming Saturday, January 6th at 10 p.m. A little 10 p.m. late night tip off from the Marriott Center in Provo, Utah. BYU, the number two ranking <laughs> team in the country. They are one of the more dominant. Dominant team so far in the nation. They have been crushing teams. They beat that Evansville team that UC beat by 18 and did not ultimately cover the spread against by 40-something. I think it was like 45 or 40, 48 at their home setup. Looking at the standings right now, Neil, nine projected Big 12 teams in the NCAA tournament. Cincinnati sitting with a – let me check the numbers right here. I believe a – 66% chance to make the tournament right now, according to team rankings. They're projecting them as a nine seed in the current bracket and a 14% chance to make the Sweet 16. So coming off of the 11-2 and record for Cincinnati, entering this Big 12 play, before we get into the teams real quick and just kind of go top to bottom through the 14 teams in this just brutal, brutal stretch of conference play you see is about to go through. Neil, they, they didn't ultimately crush themselves or, or really kill themselves at all in terms of hopes to make the NCAA tournament. But I think on the flip side of that, with this 11-2 and record and with the two losses in your two Q1, Q2, Q2, 6-20 record, I'm, I mentioned it before the break with Wes Miller, meant that in his career at UC, he's 6-20. and Overall, I don't know what his, his overall Q1, Q2 record is. I'm pretty sure it's not great compared to that as well. But this is the time, Neil. This is the time. 
where you have no leeway on one side, but you've also not killed yourself on the other side to make a statement nationally and some games that are going to be nationally televised over the next few weeks to go into the usual dredges of January for most people, most walks of life, most areas in the Midwest, most areas north of the Mason-Dixon line experiencing the cold in the United States to put your foot down, put your nose to the grindstone, and prove to the nation that Bearcat basketball is truly making a come up and is ready to play in the Big 12. If not, I mean, I see a, a scenario where they could go three and three, maybe four and two max in this stretch to 0 oh and six. I think it's on the table with what we've seen so far in terms of the lack of consistency and, as Wes Miller put it, the lack of a 40 minute performance so far through 13 games. Yeah, absolutely. And, it's not going to be an easy stretch. Obviously, five of the six games to kick off non-conference play are top 25 opponents. So, and BYU's playing their best basketball of, of arguably last decade or so, if we're being honest, probably since the Jimmer Fredette era. Who's that, so, Mark Pope? Mark Pope got those boys cooking out there? Yep. 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 And honestly, BYU's not going to be an easy test right off the battle and if you asked me what I would have thought. It might be the hardest test of the entire the conference yeah. slate to begin mm -hmm. the conference. Like, it's probably this and Allen Fieldhouse. Would you agree? I mean, and this I, with, I the, with, the, with the elevation, I mean, I think it's harder to go into Utah late night compared to where you – late night comparably in Cincinnati with the elevation. I mean, this – this you, you could make an argument this is the hardest test of the season, especially with, I mean, uh, with, the, with BYU. Uh, I, I believe, Neil, they're shooting a – unbelievable here we go i got the number right here 12.8 made threes per game number one in the country and they're allowing opponents to make just five threes per game six nationally 25 percent clip allowed so that's kind of the that's kind of the modern basketball yin and yang that they are dominating right now yeah and a quick preview before we head into uh we, we'll give the full preview on thursday with, with uh with the deep dive into BYU. yep and you talked about the elevation too i mean we saw what happened last year at utah valley in the nit with the elevation. So that plays a factor into this one, but then it's never easy. I mean, you get Texas at home, which is going to be a great atmosphere. So that at least you get the, the home environment for that one in the Bearcats. And that's going to be a stripe out too, I believe, right? Stripe the, out, they just yes. announced. Yeah. And the Bearcats are 10 to no at home this season, but obviously Texas is a different team compared to all the other teams that they have faced this season. Max Abemis, obviously we all know what he is capable of doing. We saw it the last four years at Oral Roberts. And they also are coming off a deep tournament run a season ago. So Texas is a good team. And then you're looking down at Baylor. Baylor's a top team. So it's not going to be an easy test for West Miller and the Bearcats here. But there is a statement where they can go in there. And me personally, I think they can go in there three and three, as you mentioned, or even four and two. But they have to get a full 40 minutes. And that is me being hopeful that they can have Aziz Bandego back out on the court. For say he misses BYU, if you can get him out there for Texas, that'd be great. But you would definitely want to see him out there versus B, uh, BYU this Saturday. Sounds like he went through a workout for the first time in recent weeks uh, before the Evansville game, so that's a great sign. But overall, it all depends for me on the health of this Bearcats team. If they can stay healthy, obviously CMOS has been banged up. CJ's now completely shut down. Aziz has been banged up. They're still trying to find their pieces, their roles and stuff, but the Big 12 is a gauntlet, and we all know that. And, Russ, we talk about nine teams out of this conference potentially 
able to make the NCAA tournament and a team that comes to mind that shouldn't be a sleeper when talking about the Big 12 was West Virginia. They started 0-8 in the conference last season and still made the NCAA tournament. So if you think about that, that just shows the parity of how strong this conference is. I'm so excited, man. I am so excited for these matchups. I'm so excited for I, – I, I love covering the sport. It's my favorite sport to cover, to be honest. But, I mean, there's only so many home matchups against Evansville that we could go through here where, where it's just mm-hmm. – there's a, there's over 150 spot on Ken Palm difference between the teams. Like, give me the Dayton matchups. Give me the Xavier matchups. That's the stuff I live for covering the sport, and I cannot wait to get it basically night in, night out, twice a week over the next three months. It's going to be super, super awesome. I cannot wait for it as we'll get into a, a quick look at the Big 12, where we stand right now, one and 13-0 team, Neil. It's a team that I may have uh, may have dropped a little a little shekel piece, a little, uh, little wager on before the season because I just really loved what they had to offer in Houston. The, the Cougars are an absolute wrecking ball right now. They are fantastic. Terrence Arsenault, they lose him for the season due to Achilles injury, and they just keep on chugging. It feels like every year, man, they lose one of their top pieces, and the depth just continues to show out for Kelvin Sampson and this team. They're fantastic. Jawan Roberts feels like he's been there since I graduated college five, six years ago. It's just that he yep. doesn't go away. Damian Dunn goes from Temple to Houston. We know what Damian Dunn can do. We've seen him do it at Fifth Third Arena before. We'll see him back there uh, this year, I believe, right? Yeah, they're coming to Fifth Third yep. Arena, Houston is. So they're and a fantastic team. You, Sorry, yeah, go ahead. Just feels like Houston just develops guards really well. I mean, we saw it last year Marcus Sasser goes down. Terrence Arsenault and Emmanuel Sharp, both freshmen, come in and play lights out, and then they lose Arsenault for the season in the eighth game of the season, non-conference slate, and then Damian Dunn just pops in doing Damian Dunn things. And, man, I mean, I loved watching Damian Dunn versus Landers Nolly last year at Fifth Third Arena, but I do not want to see another 35-point performance from him again at Fifth Third Arena. <laughs> I really don't. Yeah, Damian Dunn. We might not, honestly. He has not been playing well of late. Of course, scored 15 plus in his first uh, two of his first three games for Houston, but has not scored more than 10 in a game since. But they're just one of those teams. Unbelievable defense. The best adjusted defense in the country on Ken Palm. 83.5 points allowed per 100 possessions and 17th best offense. They are the number one Ken Palm team. They're the number one team, in my opinion, in the country right now with a 13 and 0 record. Number two behind them in the Big 12, 12 and one BYU. Just an unbelievable shooting team, an unbelievable offense, and a great, great shooting defense on the other side. We're going to get into it on Thursday, but I would be, I think we're going to be talking about what's what if UC can cover the spread, not if UC can go in there and get a win. I would be shocked if BYU let UC come in and, and drop them in both schools. Big 12 openers for their careers in this conference. Iowa State at number seven. They've been very, very good so far this year. Uh, Neil, Iowa State has been fantastic. Number 16 in Ken Palm. Number three defense. They just bring it to you night in and night out. And the number 45 ranked offense. They've been very good so far this year and are two and one, two and two overall in Q1, Q2 games with an 11-2 record. Kansas at 11-1. and one. They're 3-1 and one in Q1 games so far, so have been tested thoroughly in non-conference play. 1-0 in Q2 games. We know what Hunter Dickinson brings. We just know overall what Kansas is as a 
kind of juggernaut team and a dynasty type of scenario with Bill Self and his time at Kansas. They've been fantastic. Uh, the likes of Nicholas Timberlake, El Marco Jackson, Jamari McDowell. They just bring a lot of great, great options to the table. So we'll see what Kansas can do when they open Big 12 play. Baylor, solid as well, 9-2 and two overall. And then we have Oklahoma. They're 12-1. and one. They're fantastic. And they've, they've been very, very good to start the season. Cincinnati sitting there at 11-2. Like I mentioned, Texas at 10-2 and and TCU at 10-2. Those are kind of the projected tournament teams right now. And then we have Texas Tech at 10-2, UCF at 9-3, and Kansas State at 9-3, and Oklahoma State at 7-5, and and then the West Virginia Mountaineers bringing up the rear at 5-8. and They are 0-6 in Q1 and Q2 games so far this season. And when we look at kind of the top, top teams there that I didn't mention so far, Oklahoma just lost their first game of the season. Only loss is to North Carolina. And big thing for them is the turnovers. They've been tough, tough with the turnovers so far this year. I think they gave it up 18 times against North Carolina. That's something you see is going to have to key in on when they match up against the Sooners in a very, very short amount of time. Oklahoma coming to Cincinnati on January 20th. Neil, anything else you want to touch on real quick before we give our memories and kind of end your wrap-up? No, I think you're all good, man. Bearcat Blitz continues after this with a look at our New Year's resolution for UC basketball. Kind of a fun one for Neil and I. And our favorite memory real quick from 2023 before we wrap up our first show of 2024 on Bearcat Blitz. Neil Meyer of Front Office News and AllBearCats.com here with yours truly, Russ Heltman on Bearcat Blitz. I'm your All Bearcats reporter. Check us out on Apple, Apple, Spotify, Google, whatever podcast platform you get your shows on as we wind down our first episode of 2024. But winding down completely 2023, Neil, let's do our favorite memory and then we'll do our, our New Year's resolution to kind of end it in, uh, in, in notable correct order there in terms of uh, the end of 2023 going into 2024. UC Hoops, we have a New Year's resolution for them. But first, my favorite memory of 2023, I think it was kickoff, the moment of kickoff in the UC-Oklahoma game on September 20th. 20-6 to loss, unfortunately, for the Bearcats. And I know the fans really wanted to keep the momentum going of a 2-0 start. And obviously, things were just completely downhill from there. It was one of the worst, if not the worst, seasons this century for Cincinnati football but over 38,000 strong over capacity crowd the the shaking of the press box in that moment just overall the pageantry the the entrance into the big 12 that's got to be my top memory Neil what about you yeah so I'd put that as a close second for mine but my first one my top memory of 2023 has to be the final home game for David DeJulius obviously everything he endured as a Bearcat, he was the definition of a Bearcat for those who really didn't get to know him on the personal side like we did. He was a blast to cover. He was everything you wanted as a person, as a player. He embraced the community. He did just about everything you could the right way. And for to see him go out with a 30 ball on his final game at Fifth Third Arena, gets to kiss the C-Paul, 
him walking off with his hands up in the air. That's just something that you won't forget. And that's one of those games that if you ask many Bearcats fans, what was your favorite memory over the last few seasons? That's probably one that comes up to a lot of people's mind just because of the kind of caliber uh, player David DeJulius was. So overall, that was probably my favorite memory just because, man, seeing someone kiss the Paul their final game, we haven't got to see that quite often. And nobody deserved that more than David DeJulius in that moment. DJ, man, I love David DeJulius. One of my favorite players, favorite just human beings I've ever covered uh, in my uh, short time, but growing, uh, man, another year, you're, you're turning the calendar to. It's a, it's, a, it's a growing amount of years that we've been in this industry, and David DeJulius is one of the real ones. Love David. Wish him all the best in his pro career over there. And uh, was he? In, he's in Greece, right? In Playing Greece, in, the, yep. in the Greek League. Shout out David DeJulius. All right, speaking of Bearcats legends, will a Bearcat become a legend in this non in this conference slate? Will Cincinnati get into the NCAA tournament for the first time this decade? There's no locks right now. Like I mentioned, 66% chance you could flip one way, you could flip the other way, and they've been on uh, who is Joe Lenardi's next four out teams kind of over the last two weeks, so obviously no sure thing just yet a way that they could get closer there neil i think in terms of a new year's resolution heading into 2024 is in this conference slate i just don't know if they're going to be able to rely on their shot making rely on their shooting to the level that they've had to and drastically seen it change in terms of drop off on the road compared to at home that's going to continue in my eyes I don't see them shooting well on the road in their first year in Big 12 play. And to combat that, they need to resolve the free throw issue. You've got to start getting to the line a little bit more. You've got to be more aggressive in that sense. And you've got to just hunt contact. And overall, they did a better job defensively of not drawing or not giving up contact and not getting calls on themselves in the Evansville matchup. But against better opponents, we haven't seen that yet. So that's one thing on the defensive end. But I'm mostly talking about a resolution of in the West Miller era, can we get a team in his kind of purview to be better than 220th or higher in terms of overall free throw rankings, in terms of attempts, and also free throw percentage, which they're not very good at either so far this year. 222nd in free throw uh, free throws made so far this year and 266 in free throw percentage. So in terms of free throws made, free throws percentage, can you get that closer to the 150 range? I think if they do, it's going to allow them a little bit more leeway with streaky cold shooting from outside, streaky jump shot shooting, which we've seen happen to them in conference play under Wes Miller. That's a big thing for me. Can they get more aggressive and more downhill in conference play to kind of bring what they lack in overall um, flowing talent into an equation of brut- brutality, physicality, and kind of make it even out more there? What do you got, Neil, as we wrap up here? Yeah, definitely the free throws has to be the main resolution. I mean, I think JT and I were talking about the other night, Russ. It was like, seems like every time they go to the line, they're splitting a pair. And those are the easy ones you got. Yeah, even find when they get to them, they're shooting 60%, which is just, yeah. it's it, it's got to be closer to 70. You got to find a way to get you gotta it. You got to find a way to improve that, that number, especially heading into Big 12 play. You know, if you can get to the line, especially versus seven top 25 opponents maybe throughout the season because you know rankings will change and whatnot. You got to take the freebies and you got to find ways to capitalize on because free throws are what win you games. But another resolution would just get the team healthy. 
get get your whole squad healthy. Obviously, this has been a team that's been banged up with injuries. CMOS has had in a very unfortunately start for his Bearcat career. I mean, he twists an ankle versus Howard. The car situation, now we have a shoulder injury. It just seems he's just now starting to find his groove. And he even said he was close to 100%, but it might be hard to get to that 100% following the Evansville game. And then you have Aziz still out, who obviously missed time due to the NCAA waivers situation. And now you have CJ, who tweaked the hamstring. They held him out, and then they brought him back. And now he's he re-aggravated it. Now the timetable for his return is something that – it's still to be determined, basically. So, overall, just get healthy. That would be the thing because everyone knows the excitement around this team heading into the season was if they can all stay healthy, get everyone eligible, they'd be a very fun team to watch. But right now, it's just not the case. They're just not healthy. So, they got to get healthy heading into Big 12, along with, as you mentioned, just knock down some free throws. Yeah, it was always going to be the ceiling was going to be met this season by the sum of the parts by the sum of the talent, not the overall peak individual talent of this roster. You need all those parts to kind of realize that dream. We'll see what the Big 12 dreams have in store for Cincinnati in 2024 on both the hardwood and the gridiron. Fans expecting a lot more wins in football this coming year. We'll see if that happens in both football and basketball. We'll be here to cover it all on Bearcat Blitz, presented by Bet Online. Seconds left, shot clock off, four-point game. DeJulius puts up a three. Yes! And go! You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.